Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Thank you so much. Let's just praise Jesus. While you're standing, just clap, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. You're, you're the center today. You're everything, Lord God. God, everything we do revolves to you. The word today, the worship today, the communion today, the fellowship today is about you, Jesus. So we praise you and thank you that you're the main event here today. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat? Thank you for that warm welcome. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. What an incredible day yesterday. That was so amazing. I am just so blessed to get to have been a part of that and, and come here. And I'm going away feeling very refreshed and recharged and rejuvenated. And um, there were some amazing things take place yesterday and today. There's a word for now. There's a thing now. That's what I love about God. It's not, it doesn't work linear it doesn't, like, like we do in our systems. But God can fill us up in session one yesterday and we can still be full. But then there's a more filling up to take place today. And there's a word today. So I'm so thankful to be here. And if you're online today, you're awesome. I'm, I heard that there's someone like from Mexico in like the weather is very similar here in Canada than there. So you're welcome here. But wherever you're tuning in from, I know where you are. If you engage and, and if you put yourself in a position to receive, God has a word equally for you just as he does for us today because our God's awesome and meets us wherever we're at. And uh, I just wanted to take a moment, though, again, to just to say a huge thank you to Pastor Dave and Pastor Kim. You are amazing. The rumors are true around Canada. You've shown such hospitality to me. I'm, I'm so well fed physically as well as spiritually by being here. So thank you for allowing me to come and, and bring a message. Thank you again for 32 years of pastoring in this region and still having a smile on your face and still loving your people and empowering empowering people. And as a church and churches, you guys are amazing. One of so much amazing things, like you're friendly, like, but sincerely friendly, like, like a real, not like I'm a Christian kind of friendly or not like a, I'm a Canadian friendly, but then when you're not around, I'll talk, I don't, I, but an actual, you guys have been so kind and friendly. I think if every local church was hospitable and as friendly as you in all the world, then that alone let alone the, the power of God and the presence that's on you and the anointing, just the friendliness and kindness you've showed me. If every local church was like that, Canada would be turned upside down. So thank you for being that. And I love seeing the multi-generational church and the kids. I messaged my wife last night, Brittany, who's, who's back in Calgary, said, when, when we grow up, I want to be like this church. I want to be like these pastors. I want to have a place like this. So um, today, uh, my wife sends her greetings. Brittany, I, I, she's... Um, Actually, at our last service of C3 Calgary Central, where we pastored downtown Calgary, we've been there for five years, um, in the current building we're in. So she's there kind of closing up the shop, so to speak, but she would have loved to have, have been here. And then we transitioned into a permanent location uh, next month, which is super exciting. But she sends her greetings and her love, and they're having a great service there today. Hugh and my four-year-old uh, sent me a message, and he told me, Daddy, we set up church and we didn't need you at all. So I chose to take that as a compliment. <laughs> 
Today, I have a message that, um, and it's in our series that we have of how to thrive this Christmas. I originally titled the message, um, preparing this as what to do on the worst day of your life. Um, But I'm going to, there's an alternative title that you could have today as well, is that Christmas might be different this year. It's kind of like a choose your own, own adventure story. Except you're not choosing the adventure, you get to choose the title of the, the book, but the adventure is going to be the same. But I, I, I'm, I know I'm amongst family and friends here, and you've been so gracious. And so in that, because of that kindness, um, I feel like I can be quite vulnerable today. I feel like I can uh, be quite open today. And a part of you guys being so kind is also, you know, it makes me feel so familiar that um, maybe I get a little bit like loose sometimes. And so thank you for your graciousness of being so kind that I feel like I'm with family. I feel like I'm in my home church. And um, so what am I saying? Stop being so nice because I might say something naughty. I might get in trouble because you've been so kind. I feel so, so at home. But I think you guys know, and, and we all know if we've done life for a while, that the Christian life, the walk with God isn't always easy. The promises of, of the Word of, of God and not that everything will go right. That stress won't come. Anxiety won't be upon us. That there's seasons of dryness. That there's tragedies that take place. The promises of God in His Word are that we will not face that as His people. Take any example you want throughout the Word of God, whether it's Moses' life or um, let's take Elijah who goes from the greatest victory and seeing fire come down from heaven and just this amazing scene that I just really want a Hollywood movie to come and make that scene of where the fire comes down and consumes it and then the prophets of Baal chases them away and then the very next day is suicidal and depressed. Take uh, Jonah who is literally on a journey of of running away from God and and trying his best to get swallowed by a whale. You could take the Apostle Paul who was shipwrecked, who was tortured, homeless, beaten at times. Following God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Pastor Dave did an amazing message yesterday on following Jesus, picking up our cross. But what does the promise of God say, say to us? It says that in those moments of despair, in those tragedies, in those anxieties, in those moments of dryness, that He is with us and He is for us and He is able to lead us through them. God doesn't pluck us out of them, but He journeys with us through those seasons that we're in. And so as we head into the holiday season, Christmas might look different this year for some of us. Maybe this year where our our mental health isn't in the same state that it was previous Christmases. Maybe we're away from our home, away from family. Maybe there's members who won't be sitting at the table this year. Maybe you find yourself moving to a new new location and, and you're alone. Maybe the stresses of finances or the separation of relationships is different. Christmas might not be the same this year. So what do we do in those moments? What do we do in the worst day of our lives or those days that feel like the worst days? Uh, Brittany and I, to, to be honest with you guys, went through uh, this year probably the hardest uh, season of grief and despair in our life that we went through in, in our context. And, and there wasn't anything, one thing that particularly sparked it. Um, about a year ago, 
Uh, just over a year ago, we, we lost um, our grandma suddenly. And shortly after that, my parent-in-law's uh, parent house burnt down to the ground suddenly. Um, and we're navigating a, our church location through COVID and all the difficulties that, that happened. We had a bunch of uh, our circle really decide to move away, all for good reasons at one time, but we lost our four, four best friends. Our kids lost their friends, to not lost them, but they went to a different location. And we didn't realize it, but we were carrying a weight of some of these events and things that took place around us, although they didn't directly happen to us, some of them, and it eventually caught up to us. And we, and we broke down. I remember, um, yeah, about a year ago, uh, my wife and I were, were going through the ruins of, of her family home for so many years, burned down. And uh, we were the ones who were kind of, we'll go in and, and sort out the rest of it. We went in there and we we're in her old bedroom and found the, the burnt remains of her wedding dress that she always wanted to pass on to her, our future daughters, God willing. And, and I just remember her just sobbing and crying over that. And I remember coming out and having to tell my, my, my mother-in-law, hey, those Christmas presents that you brought for the kids didn't make it. They're, they melted. They're, they're not here. And we went through this season where we were carrying this weight and it all caught up to us at once. And what I realized was I had been trying to carry the weight alone of some of the circumstances that were taking place around me. And, and I, I brought it to God and he took me through a series of, of grieving, a series of reflection, and then a series of allowing and putting me in a position where I could invite God into those situations that he didn't cause, but that he actually wanted the journey through and help me get healing out of. You might be in a really tragic season or you might just have something that on the surface would appear like it was no big deal. You know, for my, for my son, if he drops his ice cream on the curb, it's the end of the world in his eyes and in his mind. And, and someone else looking on could be like, why are you crying, man? <laughs> like, it's all good. But the reality is the experience and the feeling for him is that it's the worst day of his life. It's not about what's happening on the exterior, whether it's extremely tragic or whether it's shallow. We're not in the business of comparing our thing. It's what are you feeling and what are you going through this season? So I want to encourage us from the, a story that we find in, in um, 1 Samuel chapter 30 about David. At this point, it's not King David. It's David. He's actually um, in exile. He's, uh, he's such an honorable guy with King Saul. We know the story. Who's wanting to kill him, wanting to chase him. And he's found himself in exile with, with some of his loyal men. And, but he's been summoned to battle by the people that he's living with against the king that he's trying to honor, who's also wanting to kill him. We see this as the, the battle of Gilboa. And, uh, and we'll pick it up there because I want to show us some of the examples of David lays out for us of what to do on the worst day of our life. Is that okay here? That's what we're going to do. And then I believe today as we uh, respond as the message that's, that's spoken and, and we come forward on the altar, if you're in a season of discouragement, if you're in a season of grieving, if you're in a season where it feels like everything's over, this is the worst day of your life, that God is going to meet you in that moment and help lead you on and out because he has things for you ahead. If you're still breathing here today, he's got something for you. It never runs out. 
and to the moment we go and get to be with him. So let me just pray. Lord, I thank you, God, that you don't need an articulate uh, messenger. Thank you, Jesus. You don't need uh, um, bells and whistles, Lord. But I just pray you just the word you have today as I deliver that, that I would uh, decrease and that you would increase. I thank you. There's words that are spoken loudly in the natural, but actually you're speaking to people's hearts quietly in the whisper. And we want to leave today with your words, not just mine's. We want the words that you're speaking and the spirit that's ministering here is so much more important than what's going on on the outside. So thank you that your word is preached today. But God, I thank you that our hearts are ready to respond to that. I thank you. You're speaking to us. Just give us the ears to hear you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. First Samuel chapter 30 says this, three days later. So David's coming back from being summoned to battle. He got out of it. He's very thankful that he didn't have to fight against King Saul. They kind of said, look, this is a little bit of a, this is a, a bit of a sketchy scenario because you're here, but we're a little scared that you're going to actually turn on us. So why don't, you, why don't you just go home? Take the guys home. So he, he goes, thank you, Jesus. I, well, okay, he didn't say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, he said and, um, at that point. And then he's taking the guys back to go to be with their family, go be with their kids, go be in their, sleep in their bed and be in their home. So three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into, the, into Negev and Ziklag, and they had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, hello, we won't get into that. Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. He's God. But David found strength in the Lord, he's God. Where are you finding your strength? Where are you finding your strength today? Another way of putting this is, where are you finding your security in whatever you're facing? In times of despair, anxiety, the holiday season's coming, prices are up, the financial burdens we carry, the relational issues that sometimes come together when we, we go into the holiday season. In those times where everyone else seems happy and the lights are on the trees and they're cheerful, but we're not feeling cheerful inside, where do you find your security? Where do you find your strength? For the people of God and for all of us available today, there is an ability and a way to access Strength in the Lord our God. And how do you do that? Is what we're going to explore here today. Where are you finding your comfort? Is it in your own ability? Is it in my own ability? Well, how's that going? Is it in name any amount of vices that we can all fall prey to? Is it in alcohol? Is it in drugs? Is it in social media addiction. Where, where are we finding our comfort and going to to find our strength? How's that going? Is it in discovering our inner self, like the world would tell us? That's great, but how's that going? I have found that all these things just leave me wanting. 
and they might fill a gap. They might cloud for a while. I was so reliant during that last year before we bottomed out in that season of grieving of being the leader of a church and for carrying the weight for the family, but it only lasted a while, but was, wasn't sustainable. And eventually, however long we try to cover it up, it hits us. And what do we do then? Here in this story, we see David is brought to his lowest possible moment. He's not the king yet. His friends want to kill him. His family's missing. His home's burnt down. He has the burden of carrying uh, not just himself, but also all the, the men and women, and now they're gone, and they're also affected by decisions that have been made. It's the worst day of his life. Christmas is not looking like it was going to be the same that year than the year before. But he finds his strength in the Lord he's got. Now, you and I, most likely, we're not facing the exact same scenario that David was facing. Just a, just a hunch, just a guess there. I'm, that's not a prophetic moment. That's just a bit of a guess there, that we're not facing that situation. But we are facing things where we can feel the exact same way he'd be feeling. Everything's gone. Everything's over. Everything's done for. I am feeling weak. I'm feeling worn out. And I don't know where to turn. And I've grabbed here and I've grabbed there and I've tried this and I've tried that. But I'm not finding the strength. And I believe the Lord today is calling us to come back to Him and find our strength in the only thing that can sustain. And that's the Lord. He finds strength in the Lord, He's God. We see this as something that we're also encouraged in the New Testament to do as well. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says, Finally... So the Apostle Paul has written this letter and he has all these amazing statements that he makes, but, but he chooses, I think, one of the most important for the last. He says, finally, this is my final point. If, if it's something that you're going to remember, this is what I want you to remember in this letter. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. But it's easier said than done, isn't it? We can know of our head, but not know of our actions. You know, this is what David's man don't do this. We see that uh, they've come back as well with David. They've seen what's taking place, and they start to point the finger at David. They start to point the finger at circumstance. They start to point the finger at God. They start to point the finger and say, hey, uh, we are in despair. We are discouraged. We are hurting, and because we're hurting, hurting people hurt people. Have you ever experienced that? When we're hurting, our tendency is to want to hurt others at times. Not here in BC, but us Albertans are always like that wouldn't happen here but we want to hurt others because of the pain they begin to point that finger they want to kill David they want to bring him down and blame him but here we see in David the difference between just being a being a victim of an awful situation a, a moment and taking on victimhood and we're in in a, a world at the moment that often says that our identity uh, needs to be found in what we're a victim of and I believe we need to kick back against that culture in our lives and say, hey, I'm not going to let that tragedy, I'm not going to let that moment, I'm not going to let that thing that I did, I'm not going to let that one little moment in time define my future and shackle me in and box me in to be that for the rest of my life. Yeah, I might have been a victim of an awful situation of a tragedy, but I'm a victor in the Lord my God. 
and He has a future for me. And I'm not going to be boxed into that moment, but I'm going to allow the Lord to come into that moment and take me to the many more great moments He has ahead. I won't let the past stop me, but I'm going to move forward in the name of Jesus and not take on victimhood. But this is what David's guys have done. They're, they're taking it on. Bitterness is creeping in and David's faced with a situation. See, by our own flesh, we tend to apply that victim status to, to ourselves or to someone else. But I believe that really boxes us up from being able to get the breakthrough that the Lord has on our life or on someone else's life. So what do we see here? Apparently, in a really horrible situation, in the worst day of our lives, we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God. The Bible doesn't tell us things that we can't achieve. It puts it there knowing that we need to rely on the power of God, knowing that it can be a challenge and there's some hurdles sometimes. But if David can find his strength in the Lord, his God, if in Ephesians it tells us to find our strength, then guess what? That means you and I, regardless of what we're facing, have the ability to find strength in God. It's not just a carrot on the end of a fishing line or on the end of a stick taunting us. God is not that kind of God. We have access to what he says we can have access to in his word. So what's the first thing to do? I, I want to make it practical here today. Um, so what's the first thing I believe and I've found in this season I've been in and looking at the life of David? The first thing in finding our strength in the Lord is we have to feel it. Not the strength. We have to actually take time to feel and grieve the situation we're in. We have to take a moment to not be okay. David takes a moment to not be okay. Says that he wept. Doesn't just say that his guys wept. It says David wept and wept and wept. How does it word it there? It says that when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. This is like, this is ugly cry. This is like, they are, they are weeping. They're not just having a couple of tears. They're, they're pouring it out and feeling it before God. Hey, if you've been through something this year, if it's been tough, if it's been hard and you've gone through something, I believe the first thing in order for you to be able to eventually get strength from the Lord is you need to feel it. Not deny it. Not think that, well, I'm a person of God and I, I don't need to feel it. I need to push through. No, you need to stop. David stopped in the dirt and cried and wept and wept and wept. I want to give you permission today to feel it. You have to feel that situation. You have to grieve that situation for a while, for the appropriate time. But then we get on up. We don't stay in that. Uh, some of you guys would know Pastor Greg French. He's been through here at times. Great uh, pastor and preacher and itinerant minister in our movement. And for years and years, so I had bought a lie. I don't know what happened in my past to buy this lie. I haven't figured that out yet. That, that a real man and a real man of God um, doesn't show emotion. All right, like you, you just, I, I just keep going. I just push through. I just got to keep on going. And every time it became like so frustrating. Every time he, whether it was in Tasmania where I originally lived, whether it was at Bible college, even here in Canada one time, Greg French would come through town wherever I was and he'd always come and pick me out. And he'd give me a little push or shove or a kick my feet and say, hey, Stephen, real man cry. 
I'd be, what are you talking about, real man, cry? No, what are you talking about, Greg? Get on out of here. And then the next year or the couple of years later, hey, Stephen, remember, real man, cry. What? This goes against how I, whatever I took on. And, and he did this like for consecutively over about six or, or seven years. Then in the last time that he came up to me in Calgary when he was coming through one day, he came up to me and he said, hey, Stephen, I just want to remind you. He gave me a big tap on the chest. I think I got a bruise afterwards. He's a strong guy. He said, real man cry. And the Lord just broke me in that moment. And I just cried and cried. To the point now, if I'm watching Finding Nemo with my son, I cry. And he's like, get it together, Dad. What are you doing? Like, but you don't understand. Like, if that was you and you were the little fish and you were missing, I'd be, I, I weep. <laughs> We need to be a people who, who feel it. And it's okay to be in touch with our emotions. God's okay with that. He's okay with that. And if we deny it, if we run away from it, if we don't take the time to weep and uh, mourn and grieve our situation, it's only going to catch up to us eventually. So the first thing in finding our strength in the Lord is we need to feel, feel it. Take that moment. But then it gets to a point where we can choose to allow it to get us bitter or we can allow the Lord to make us better. David's men were getting bitter and they went down that track and they started to point the finger and hurt, whereas David chose, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better. I'm going to get out of this. So what else do we see take place in this? Well, David and his, his man were in the exact same situation, the exact same loss, the exact same worst day of their lives, the same things they were grieving, same tragedies, but David makes a choice to not allow that state to hold him captive longer than he needed it to. Whether it's a day, whether it's a week, whether it's a year, it's different for our circumstances. But there's an appropriate time that God will have you and he'll lead you in grieving and feeling that situation. Now, what happens there? How does David find this strength in that moment to get through? Well, we know David was a worshiper. If anyone in the Old Testament was a worshiper, it was, it was David. And, and I strongly believe you can't take out a worshiper, like a true worshiper. Yeah, you can battle them, you can bruise them. But if you have decided that you're going to be a worshiper in life, you're going to be able to get through it. He worshiped. He kept going. Um, we know he was a, a man of prayer. And on the worst days of our life, we need to be a people who pray. We don't allow our worst, uh, worst days to push us away from God. We use our worst days to push us into his presence into the prayer closet, into the warfare, into the whatever it is with God. If you're going through a tragedy and this year is going to look a little bit different at Christmas, don't allow it to, to separate you from God. Push in harder into God and pray. He wants to hear our prayers. I love it in, in, uh, in 1 Peter 5.7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that word cast, when you look into the original language, it's not like a gentle fly fisherman casting kind of thing. It, it talks about a violent and aggressive casting off towards the Lord. We, we, we throw off our anxieties to the Lord. We aggressively, we say, we can't take this, Lord, so here it is. And he says, and it says, we can do that because he cares for us. We can do that in our prayer time. There's weight that we carry that we're not meant to carry, but we're actually meant to cast it to the Lord. We know that David was a, a valiant soldier. 
Soldiers are prepared before battle. I was watching uh, just at breakfast time this morning, getting ready. We had Canada versus Croatia in the FIFA, FIFA World Cup there. And Canada scored a goal. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it was amazing. But here's the thing. With any sports team, with any soldier in battle, they, it's what they do beforehand that actually impacts the game. The soldiers who didn't train, who got unfit before battle, who weren't keeping their uh, equipment sharp and clean and their armor good, um, didn't have a very good chance when the battle actually came. But those who were prepared, who were practicing, who were doing, keeping discipline, keeping things ready, were more prepared for battle than those who weren't. The, the soccer guys on the TV there in the FIFA World Cup today, what they do in the off-season is just as important as what they do in the season. And I believe a big part of what helps us be able to find strength in the Lord is what are we doing before we face the tragedy? What are we doing in order to prepare ourselves for the worst days of our life? What are we doing in our prayer life, in our word life, in our community life? Is church a priority in gathering with people? Because I tell you what, in times of tragedy, in times of grieving, we need people around us. And that's the importance of being connected and involved and, and a part of something great. What are, we, what are we doing when, when things are well? Are we taking time to still pray and push into the Lord? Or are we just cruising along thinking life's all good? What we do in the off season is so important. And soldier, uh, David was a soldier. He would have been trained and ready. We see the, this principle um, in the Word of God in the story of, of Joseph and in all his life. But um, long story short, he, he's basically he's shown by God to prepare in the good seasons because a season of drought's coming or a season of famine's coming. So store up in the good seasons to be ready for those seasons that are hard and tragic and negative and not good. What are we doing in the off season? I think these are all things that contribute to us being able to find strength in the Lord. But here is what I believe. Now I'm getting there. I believe this is the word for, for us, C3 here today and for our churches represented here today, for you here, maybe online today, is did you know that David was really good at talking to himself. Self-talk. Now, no, no, what are, you, what are you talking about, Stephen? You're saying find strength in the Lord. Yeah, I believe in order for us to find strength in the Lord, we need to get good at talking to ourselves. See, this is important because it seems contradictory, but it's not. God encourages us, but he gives us the ability to stir up encouragement. To switch on beast mode, so to speak. To go from despair to, come on, self, I'm going to press into the Lord. So we see this through the Psalms all the time that David wrote. He says in Psalm 42, verse 9, I say to God, my, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? So he's in a season of despair. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me where they say to me all day, where is your God? And then here he switches to beast mode. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation, my God. Here's the tool today. Get good at talking to yourself. Get good at talking to yourself. Self, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Self, Get on up. Get out of bed. I know it's hard to get out of bed and pray, but get on up and get going. Self, 
Don't allow this circumstance to dictate who God is, but allow God to dictate to this circumstance. Self, get yourself together. Worship again. Self, pray again. Self, get moving. Self, don't get stuck in a moment. Self, you need to get your act together because God's not finished with you yet. We need to get good at talking to ourself in order to be able to find strength in the Lord our God. Self, I'm not going to let the bills steal my vision that you are my provider and that you will provide for me in this season. Self, I'm not going to let that anxiety that's been coming on steal the peace that you promised can come, that you're a God, you're a Christ who sleeps on a boat in a storm, and I'm going to access that peace that you have, that even if a storm's going on around me, even if there's turmoil going on around me, I'm going to sleep like a baby knowing that you're God and you're good and you'll get me through this storm. Self, get yourself together because we serve a good God. Self, if God is for me, who can be against me? Church, C3, Revelstoke, Vernon, Kelowna, Online, Mexico, Tasmania, people of God, let's get good at self-talk. If we get good, godly self-talk, that leads us to talking to God, getting our soul, our emotions, our bodies back in line, able to access the throne room of heaven and receive His strength for us. I've talked a lot about David today, but we don't follow David. We follow Christ. We're not followers of David. He's awesome. I love the example David sets for us. But he's a foreshadowing of Jesus in so many ways. See, the Old Testament, that's what it does. Through broken men and women, it reveals the need and some characteristics of the coming Savior, Jesus. Then as we progress and see the life of Jesus, everything after that points us back to Jesus. The Old Testament is pointing us towards the Savior. The, the New Testament is pointing us back to the Savior. And in David, we see so many amazing Christ-like, uh, Christ-like characteristics and attributes that are fulfilled in perfection in the life of Jesus. And so did Je- I just wanted to look at the life of Jesus here for a moment. Did Jesus find his strength in God or himself? Well, think of the, yeah, of God. Good, good answer, Pastor Dave. You're good. <laughs> we see the picture in the garden. Guess of, of, and it's just before the, he's going to be arrested the night before. And, and Jesus is feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders. Not just the weight of the world of what was going on around him. The weight of eternity. Of, of the weight of souls, the weight of everything that he came to accomplish, the weight of everything that he's 33 years on the planet and three years of ministry was accumulating in, that he was going to go to the cross and die on our behalf and make the great exchange. And he's feeling that weight, and it's not nice. He even is sweating blood, it says, in in, in one of the Gospels there, and, and he's feeling that weight. He's feeling it. But what does he do? He looks to God for his strength. He says, Lord, I, I can't do this. If there's any other way, but not my will, your will be done. And he allows the strength of God to fly into his life and into that situation. Did Jesus experience situations where he expressed grief and emotion and felt it? Absolutely. Think of the story of, of Lazarus. You know, this, this has always amazed me about Jesus. One of the most powerful verses is one of the most shortest verses in the New Testament. 
It says Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And what we see in this story is, is a friend of Jesus is, has died and he's got the news of that. He's going back to meet the family. Now, Jesus had already determined that he was going to raise Lazarus from the death. But we see in that moment when he's confronted with the emotion and the grief of the situation, it says that Jesus wept. And again, this wasn't just a, this was a pouring out, a weeping, a wailing is what it really translates as. See, even though Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he took a moment to feel it. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you and I. If it's good enough for David, it's good enough for you and I. We need to feel it. Feel it. Does Jesus encourage us to, to worship in those moments? Yes, of course. And spirit and truth. Is Jesus a prayer? Yeah, he prayed. We know that Jesus prayed. To follow Jesus, to live by his ways, to pick up our cross and follow him, is to also look at the things that he established in his life and then emulate them and bring them into our life. Yes, it's to receive his grace. It's to receive his forgiveness. But it's also to receive his power to walk out and day by day become more and more Christ-like in what we can offer. For the rest of our lives, we'll never get there. But every step we take, we can become more like Christ in how we see God, how we see the world, how we treat others, and how we face our circumstances. So what's the takeaway here today? If I can have the worship team back up. What's the application? See, I'm a pretty simple guy. I think sometimes it's the simple revelations that if we implement them into our life, then that's when God can move. It's one of those things I know is easier said than done is why we're going to allow some moments of prayer and, and ministry today because um, I never want to come across like we're just the people who don't feel it, don't know that there's things going on. We, we know that this Christmas might be a little different for you. And I feel that so much as a pastor um, and in, in my congregation and here. Like I, I, it's, it's heartbreaking, some of the stuff that's taking place. But God can get you through it. And you can find strength in the Lord your God. So what's the takeaway? When stress comes, if you're in a season of stress, find your strength in the Lord your God. When despair kicks in, when you're discouraged today in this season, find your strength in the Lord your God. When anxiety is upon you, when the bills are coming in, when you don't know where to go, find your strength in the Lord your God. When you're in a troubled relationship, when your marriage is on a thread, when you don't know what's going on around you, you can't even see day, you can't even see hour to hour, let alone day to day or week to week, find your strength in the Lord your God. That's the only answer we can have. When you're discouraged, would you get before the Lord and don't leave until you're feeling more encouraged? It's worth it. Fight for it. Stir it up. Wrestle with it. This isn't a quiet little prayer, a quiet little moment that does this. This is a wrestling with it. It's a self-talk that says, self, get on up, get going. You know, I was um, uh, in my life, particularly when I was younger, I went through great bouts of depression, which to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. I'd sleep 14 hours, 15 hours, and still not want to get out of bed. I wouldn't want to face life. And and the Lord's, I believe the Lord's healed me from that and set me free from that. But you know what? It rears its ugly self sometimes. Because sometimes our body and our mind takes a long time to catch up to the healing that Jesus has won for us. But you know what I got to do in those moments and that I, I still have to do? 
get on up. Get going. You're made for this moment. I didn't put you this on you to, to just make you suffer. I put This is an opportunity that I know you can get through. This is a moment. I, I didn't put that tragedy, that thing that happened to you. The Lord didn't allow that to happen to you, to see you crumble. He, he, it happened because we live in a broken world, because we live in the context of broken things. But He only allowed it to happen because He knows you can face it in Him and you can find strength in your Lord. So I say to myself sometimes when that depression rears its ugly head, get on up, get going. You're going to get to the Lord today. This is a day more than ever you need to get into prayer. This is a day more than ever that you need to get into the Word. Oh, you don't feel like going to church today? You don't feel like tuning in online today? More now than ever in this season, I'm going to do that because I'm not going to let that circumstance dictate to me who my God is. I'm not going to let the worldview dictate what my worldview is. And the Word of God says that He is for me and not against me. The Word of God says I can ask, access His strength in even the darkest moments and even the worst days of our life. Yeah. We can find strength in the Lord our God. Psalm 40, I want to read over us and then pray over us. Hand the service back to Pastor Dave. But I do want to take a moment. We're going to invite people forward. So would you close your eyes where you are or put yourself in a position to just hear this psalm? Because I believe you will be able to walk away today, whatever you're facing, and this can be your cry. This can be your words. This can be what you face this holiday season or whatever it is. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction and out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth and it was a song of praise to our God. Lord, today, for every person here hearing this word, every person that's experiencing the worst day of their life or just an average day, just a season of apathy even, a season that's not good. It's, it's not necessarily that things are they're going bad or horrible, Lord, but it's just, it's just not good. And we feel in despair. Lord, I thank you that that can be our cry, that we positioned ourselves before you, Lord, and you're a God who hears our cry. And that it's not in our own ability, although at times, Lord, we need to talk to ourselves. It's not in our own strength. It's not in the vices of this world. It's not in any self-help book, Lord. It's not in any of the things that can be tools, but are not you, God, that we find our help. It's from you and you alone, Lord. And that we can cry and cry out to you and you hear us, you turn to us and that we can make it our prayer. For every tragedy today, our testimony, for every circumstance, our testimony will be this, that you drew us us up from the pit of destruction and I thank you for your people today that we leave encouraged knowing that we have the ability you've given us the authority and Lord you've given us the responsibility to strengthen ourselves but we strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God we strengthen ourselves in you today in the name of Jesus we pray amen Hey, I'd love to pray with anybody at the end of the service. I am going to hand it back to Pastor Dave first. I believe there's a prayer team available as well. Um, and But I'd love to, there's anyone who just wants some extra encouragement today, wants you to wants to have someone stand with you and pray. And, and sometimes we just need someone to stand with us and believe. 
And just to be there, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to lay hands on you and pray today. Church, thank you so much for allowing me to come and bring the Word today. I love being here, and I'm so um, walking away so inspired and just charged up. So thank you, Church, for allowing me to bring this Word. And I just pray you go out encouraged today that you have the ability to find your strength, but it's in the Lord, our God. Amen. Thank you, Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.